Hey, Pastor Kevin Wallace here from Redemption to the Nations Church, and I believe today God has given me a word that is going to speak to your life. Listen, we need strength and we need comfort, and today we're going to find it in the Word of God. Hang on, and I'll see you at the end of this message for prayer. Receive the Word. It's getting ready to be school time. How many know we need God to protect our babies and our sons and daughters in this season of schooling? Amen? And when we pray today for the Word, I want us to pray a blessing over our sons and daughters. We're grateful for all of the students, and there are many teachers that are part of our church family. And I want to declare over every student and all of our teachers and administrators that this season of teaching and learning is not going to be filled with fear and threats, but God is going to give us peace and God is going to be with us in all that we do. Can you say amen? And I want us to agree for that for our families and for our sons and daughters and for our teachers and administrators. I have been in the book of Ephesians for a few weeks and I'm not through with it yet. And I want you to turn to the sixth chapter of Ephesians and I'm going to start another series today. And I'm going to preach a series for the next few weeks called Battle Threads. How many know that it's time to make sure you have on the whole armor of God? And we're going to talk about what you put on in the day of battle, in the day of evil, and we're going to talk about battles. Anybody like clothes? Come on, don't lie, you'll go to hell. How many like clothes? All of a sudden, these women started lifting their hand. Amen. We often like to go to the mall and get some new threads, but I'm going to tell you that God's got a suit for you and I to wear in the day of evil. And it matters what you come to the battlefield dressed in. I said, it matters what you come to the battlefield dressed in. We're going to get some new threads over the next few weeks. Some of us need to make sure we're dressed in the full armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. I'm going to read the whole thing about the armor of God, but I'm going to preach today a message called Rules of Engagement. Rules of Engagement. Verse 10, when you got it, shout amen. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts or wickedness, spiritual hosts, of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Above all, somebody say above all. Taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication 
for all of the saints. Battle threads. Look at somebody, ask your neighbor, say, hey, neighbor. Do you have on your battle threads today? Uh Uh-huh. Jesus, help us to preach the word. I pray, Spirit of God, that you would give us the ability to sit in heavenly places as we hear the preach word today and to receive with a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation and the knowledge of God. May it be the engrafted word that feeds us. May it be the washing of the water of the word that cleanses us. We thank your Holy Spirit that in this day of evil, we are still a victorious people. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. And let an enemy that thinks he expects us to lose be reminded one more time today that greater is he that's living in us than the one that's living in this world. Thank you for victory in advance. Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated in the presence of God. I believe God is a God of line upon line and precept upon precept. And in the goodness of God, he allows us to develop understanding of the word and come into revelation and wisdom of the word. And I don't know how he does it for you, but often God will just build something in my heart one layer at a time so that he brings me into a full understanding of what he wants to do in my life. How many would agree he's just good like that? God takes no pleasure in us walking in ignorance. He wants us to know. I've talked about knowledge over the last several weeks, not just book knowledge or head knowledge, but a spiritual intimacy, a knowing, an intimate knowledge of God. I talked about how God wanted us to know the riches of the inheritance that we have in Christ. I talked about how God wants us to know the hope of our calling. And I talked about how God wants us to know the riches of the power of God that is at work in us. And we have to have the Holy Spirit help us because we live in a world that dulls our senses and blinds us from the truth that is a reality for us. Sometimes we don't see victory as a reality. We don't see the power of God working in us. We see our problems and we know our fears and we take inventory of the issues that we're dealing with. And sometimes what he said about us in the Bible doesn't necessarily line up with the experience. But I'm thankful that what the book says about us is the reality of of our life. And our life is coming into harmony with this book. And when we start believing that, that this book and the truth of this word is what forms and shapes the world that we live, then we can go through some things that we go through knowing it's not the end, that God is going to write the last chapter. And before it's all said and done, we are going to have victory because we belong to a God of victory. We are sons and daughters of victory. And just because you don't feel victory right now doesn't mean it's not your portion. You may be in the middle of a battle today, but if you are, you ought to praise God on credit knowing that victory is already promised and God is not a man that he should lie. And I have talked about for the last several weeks we were in this series on finding what you already have. 
because sometimes the enemy knows more about who we are and what we have access to than we do. And the book of Ephesians is, it's this beautiful uh, book that Paul writes to the church and he's not addressing problems, he's not rebuking carnal Christians, he is He is unlocking a revelation of all that is available to the people of God. If you want to know who you are in Christ, Ephesians is a great book. I always tell new believers, Ephesians is a great place to start because in the book of Ephesians, God begins to unlock the revelation of who we are in him and who he is in us. How many know that we are in Christ and Christ is in us, the hope of glory? And the book of Revelations helps us, uh, pardon me, the book of Ephesians helps us come into a revelation of who we are in Christ. And when we get to the last chapter of the book of Ephesians, we see something happening here that Paul points and he saves this for the last uh, stroke of the pen. This is his, uh, this is his final paragraph, as it were, uh, in the book of Ephesians. He has talked about who we are in Christ. He has talked about what we have in Christ. He has talked about the measure of his grace, the fullness of his power, the depth and the width and the height of the love of God. He has told us that we are a, a one body knit together. He reminds us that he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints and that the saints are in individually built together to become the household of faith. We are not just a social club or a social organization. We together connected by the Holy Ghost are a spiritual organism that is moving the breadth and the width and the height of the earth, telling the good news of Jesus. And you can't put us out of business. I don't know if I need to say this in here or not, but you can't put the church out of business. You can't tell the church you're going to close down because the church doesn't belong to the government. It doesn't belong to the state. It doesn't. The church belongs to Jesus. He said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, and we are the body of Christ. That's where we get this terminology, the body. Ephesians is so powerful, but at the end of Ephesians, the sixth chapter, we come to this text today, and Paul doesn't want us to have any misunderstanding. He doesn't want us to possess any misconceptions about our spiritual identity. He spends five and a half chapters telling us who we are, and then he reminds us, in spite of who you are in me, And in spite of who I am in you, Jesus would say, there is a battle. I didn't expect an amen. We want to know who we are. We want victory. We want promises. But I want you to know there is an enemy contending for your identity. There is an enemy contending to rob you and I of the peace that Christ gives us. There is an enemy attempting to establish in you and I an identity that is not in harmony with the Bible. There is a conflict. And Paul says, finally, finally, after I told you who you are, after I told you what he gave you, after I told you how loaded you are spiritually, finally, I want you to know this. You're in a conflict. You're in a wrestling match. You're not on a showboat or a cruise ship. You're on a battleship. You, 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 you didn't sign up for, for following Jesus because you wanted to tip, 
tiptoe through tulip patches and peanut butter and jelly all of your life. You signed up to follow Jesus because he's king of kings and lord of lords and there is an adversary of those who belong to God and he doesn't want the church to have any misconception. He said, finally, my brothers, I want you to know there's a battle and there are some rules of engagement for you and I as we come to this understanding of a battlefield of life. The first thing that he says, he said, I want you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong. Somebody say, be strong. Now, the word be strong is a verb, but it is said through the apostle by the Holy Spirit as if he is commanding this. This is what he's essentially saying. He's not saying, would, would you please be strong? He's not asking you if you'll be strong. Here's what he's saying. Brothers, be strong. Look at somebody say, be strong. It is the Greek word, endunamao. Now, this is why I talked about line upon line and block upon block because I talked to you Last week about the power of God. How many remember the message about the power of God last week, right? And I talked to you about Kratos. And Seth, I'm going to need you to come get on the organ right now because I feel like I'm about to holler in this room. Um, the word Kratos, remember there are four power words in Ephesians chapter 1. There's dynamite, dunamis, there is iskus, there is kratos, and there is exousia, and there's these different words for power. But kratos is the word used here. Now, let me just build this for you. Kratos, when the Bible said, be strong in the Lord, everybody say, be strong. In dunamao, it means to receive strength from a superior source. Receive strength. When Paul said be strong, Paul is not talking about going into the mirror and look at yourself in the mirror and say, today I'm going to be strong and trying to summon your own personal strength. That's not what he means. He's not talking about having just a made up mind with willpower to get strong. When Paul says be strong, what he is saying is receive the strength of God that comes from God alone. Now, I say that and people are, how do you do that? You ready? You receive it. Well, how do I receive it? You believe that God is the God of strength and that he does not take pleasure in you getting run over every day of your life. So because you intend on walking in the victory Christ died to give you and knowing that that victory is no result of your own strength, but it is a result of receiving the strength that exists only in God. You wake up every morning not trying to get stronger in self but trying to trying to understand that it is Christ in me that gives me strength my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame but only lean on Jesus name look at somebody tell them my strength comes from the Lord if you're weak it is only because you have not received the strength that Christ gives. And the good news is, he gives strength to the weak. He gives strength to the weak. The Bible said in the book of Isaiah, 
He gives strength to the weak. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Don't miss this. He said even the young people will get weary. What he's trying to tell, how many, well, how many have ever seen some kids and they got more energy than you know how to deal with? And you say, I wish I could bottle some of that energy up and have it myself, right? But the prophet said, even the young people will get weary, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. This is not about physical stamina. This is not about physical strength. This is about tapping into a supernatural power from God that gives you and I the inward strength to overcome daily obstacles. If you don't tap into God, the devil will run over you. But if you stay in Christ and keep Christ dwelling richly in your heart, you will overcome everything the enemy sends your way. Can you say amen? Put on, receive rather, the strength of God. Now let me break this down. He said, receive the strength of God in the Lord and in the power. Everybody look at verse 10, underline it if you're writing notes. Underline the word power. I'm going to break this down. Power is the Greek word kratos. This is not dunamis. This is not that inherent innate power. This kratos is dominion. Everyone say dominion. I told you last week that when you see the power word kratos, look at the first three letters, K-R-A. We translated it, actually transliterated it in English to C-R-A. But it's where we get um, democracy, autocracy, C-R-A. It's this idea of power. Uh that, 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 That there is this power that comes with dominion over territory. Here's what I heard the Lord saying to me this week. Because I, I almost preached a message today on the division that is existing in America right now. I'm not just talking about racial division. This is far beyond black and white. It went from, it, it, what, this is how you know it's a demon. Because it keeps moving. One year it's black versus white. One year it's brown versus green. One year it's this versus that. This year it's vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Y'all not gonna help nobody. But I got an eye on this thing and I come to tell the devil today, I know what you're up to. I know what scheme you've got up your sleeve. I know what you're trying to do to the church of the living God. You're trying to keep us mad at each other, hollering at each other. We don't trust one another. We don't love one another. We've got anger in our heart and malice in our soul. And you don't love me because you didn't get vaccinated. And you don't love God because you got vaccinated. And you ain't got a mask on so you don't love your neighbor. And you got a mask on so you don't have no faith shut up in the name of Jesus we are the body of Christ if you want to get a shot get a shot if you want to wear a mask get a mask but let God be true and every man be a liar sit down I don't care I'm tired of arguing over this mess The Holy Ghost told me there's no unity and he doesn't care how many times, zoom in on my face. It doesn't matter how many times you invoke the name of Jesus. If you ran from Facebook bashing on people into the church to shout unto God, save your shout, get to the altar, repent of the malice and ask God to forgive you. It's time to stop the division. 
I want to say this. Should I get the shot? Should I not? You should pray and follow God. Should I wear a mask? Should I not? You should do what brings peace to you and God. And we shouldn't judge people one way or the other. Period. Let me tell you why I'm saying this. Because the Bible said, be strong, receive strength, watch, in the dominion, kratos, in the dominion of God. And here's what I heard the Spirit of God whisper to me as I was studying. He said to me, you've lost power and strength because you've stepped outside of dominion into a place of division. I don't care how cute and spiritual and sassy and lights and smoke and great singing and everything. If there's division in your heart, you're not walking in the full blessing of God. And there is a reason why the enemy is trying to divide not just the nation, but the church. Because if we ever come out of disagreement and if we ever come out of division... And if we ever get in unity, then we have the, I praise you for what I feel, Father. We have the power and the authority to take authority over this demonic sickness plague and see our nation healed. He is a God of dominion. His kingdom is a kingdom of dominion. But here's the thing about it. If you step off the playing field, the battlefield of, of, of where God has dominion and you come on the enemy's territory, this is what's happening. People have left the battlefield where God has dominion and they've entered the enemy's dominion and they're operating in his rules of engagement. Well, since it's quiet and I've offended so many, let me keep going. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you do not have, you murder and covenant cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. I heard the Lord this week. We don't have healing in America because we're not tired of fighting yet. We're not tired of our warring yet. And the reason we're not seeing healing, and you know what? I've been notified that YouTube may take this sermon down because I began to preach about an answer to COVID-19 that is not in some syringe. If you think it's in a syringe, go get it. I'm good with it. But I want you to know I'll keep on praying and I'll keep on preaching and I'll keep on declaring the name of God is a name that's above every other name, including this fact infirmity and if they take it off go tell everybody else that you know that I said Jesus is still king over COVID and there's nothing impossible with God Jesus be strong in the Lord in the Kratos dominion of God and in his might, it's not a time for 
a bunch of pansies. This is not the moment of a wussified church. We serve a conquering king with nail-scarred hands and nail-scarred feet. When John saw him on Patmos, he was not some limp-wristed savior pontificating over religious depth. He said he had eyes like fire, feet like brass, hair as white as wool and a voice like the sound of many waters. On his thigh was written the name Word of God. When he opened his mouth, a sharp two-edged sword proceeded that destroyed the alien army of the Antichrist. I tell you, this king of glory is very much alive and well. John did not hear him say, I'm he that will be. He said, tell him I am he that was, I am he that is, and he that always will be. I am Alpha and Omega. I was dead and now I am alive forevermore. And make sure, John, they know that the next time I come, I'll not be tied to a whipping post. I won't carry my cross up the hill the next time. They won't mock my name and crown me with thorns the next time. Oh, no, God, I feel like preaching here. The next time I come, I'll put feet down on the Mount of Olives. It'll split from the east to the west, and a clear stream will flow from it, and I'll, re- I'll receive the reward of my suffering, John. He's a victorious God. And if you're going to be in the battlefield on this, on this occasion, in this generation, I want you to understand, you're going to have to be strengthened in the power of the Holy Spirit. You, you, you got to have a strength from God. You have to have a strength that comes from knowing God. How many need him? Can you just throw your hand up right in the middle of this sermon and just say, Lord, I need your strength. I I don't want to fight. I don't want to war. I don't want to live without you. I need your strength. And then he says in verse 11, let's keep going. He says, number one, be strong. Second command he gives us, rules of engagement, is put on. Don't miss the small words. They mean something. Number one, be strong. That's a command. It's a verb. Second verb, put on. I love this word. Endo'o. It means, to, this is so good. It means to sink into it. The only thing I can say, the, the, the best way I can relate this idea of put on, sink into it, is what happens when Clark Kent goes into a phone booth not to dial 911. He goes in and sinks into this blue suit with red booties and a red cape. And when he comes out, it's on. Put on. Sink into the whole. He does say whole. Because you must understand that any place in your life that has not put on the whole armor, 
becomes exposed and vulnerable to the enemy. This is how you can have saved people that are walking in bondage because they don't have on the belt of truth. <laughs> You've actually confessed Christ as Lord, but the truth isn't holding it all together, and you get in error and lose the victory. I'm going to go through that some next time we're together. Put it on. And the enemy wants to lure us into places of weakness by taking us off battlefields that we were called to walk on and operate in victory in. And he wants to lure us into places of battle where we have no authority and where we are exposed and vulnerable. Just this past week, two different people I, I talked to this past week had heart issues. And one, both of them, in fact, testified and told me it's because of the stress and the pressure of everything going on in the world and they didn't, they let it get to them, one of them told me. There are forces that in, they try to invade our life. Do you understand? We're not wrestling people. Stay in the book, Wallace. Verse 12, go there with me. For we, you've got to be strong. You've got to put on the whole armor of God. Why? Because you are fighting and wrestling. The word wrestling in the Greek is the word pale. It's where we get this whole idea of paleo wrestling. And this is a contest between two people in which both parties endeavor to throw the other and the victory is decided when one of the two who are wrestling each other are able to hold your opponent down with your hand on its neck. And we're like, come join our cool mega church. This isn't a cool mega church. We're trying to train wrestlers. We're trying to equip warriors. We're not here to teach three principles on how to have more money and drive a sweeter ride and live in a bigger house. We're trying to win souls to the kingdom of God and we're trying to put the devil out of business. Paul said we're wrestling and that's why sometimes it feels like you get thrown <laughs> and you feel like you're getting the life of God choked out of you. Why? Because you got an enemy. You have an adversary that doesn't want you and he doesn't want me to make it. I don't believe in demons. I don't care. They're real. <laughs> unseen forces in unseen realms that are very busy behind the scene doing what they can to hinder the progress of the believer and to stop the movement of the kingdom of God. 
And I want to tell you right now, it is time that, the, and I'm not talking about some weird revelation of spiritual warfare. I'm not talking about hopping in a helicopter, jumping up at 3,000 feet and sprinkling gold dust in the air and saying we've got dominion in the spirit. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about warring in the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about quoting the Bible and believing the word of God. I'm talking about standing in the power of the resurrected Christ. Hey! Where are the prayer mamas that still plead the blood of Jesus and invoke the name of our Christ and declare in the middle of the night when hell is breaking loose, you won't have my babies, you won't have my children, you won't have my sons and daughters, you won't have my school, you won't have my teacher, you you won't have it, devil. I might get thrown down and you may put your hand on my neck, but a just man gets up seven times. I will not quit. I've been promised victory. I've been given a promise. God has declared that he's good. I believe that he'll win. And because he wins, I win too. Somebody say amen. It's a wrestling match. Wrestling. Wrestling. We don't wrestle. We wrestle. And if you don't believe WWF is real, don't talk to me. I want to do a Ric Flair. Woo! Just right in the middle of the sermon. We're in a wrestling match. And here's what I want you to see. We are not wrestling each other. And if you are, you are stepping out of the dominion of Christ, out of the place where authority has been granted for victory to be accomplished. And you have entered into a territory where you may not receive help from God. This is what we're doing right now in this season. We are fighting. I'm not talking about just us. I'm talking about in the kingdom. There's a full-blown internal insurrection going on. I see more people using pulpit time to preach policies and partisan things than the gospel. All the while, sinners are staying in their sin. Darkness is still dark, and the devil's loving every minute of it. I can't answer or speak to or be responsible for what happens down the road, but as for this house, we got to stay focused. We don't wrestle flesh and blood. We don't spend our time trying to exert spiritual energy on carnal things. We spend our time and invest. And this doesn't mean I don't believe in speaking up for truth and against foolishness. But I don't make it personal because it's not personal, it's spiritual. 
And until you can see the spirit working behind the person, you probably ought to pause and not say much at all. Paul says, we don't wrestle flesh and blood. But we do wrestle. We wrestle some pretty amazing stuff. He says you wrestle principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness. You know what that means? That these demonic powers and principalities who are full of wickedness will attempt to invade with wickedness and set up wickedness until righteous people say no more wickedness. This is why I believe we are seeing an acceleration and an increase in iniquity and lawlessness. Because the church has primarily and and at large in many ways forsaken its responsibility to put dark powers in their place. This is one reason why I said a couple of weeks ago, and I know there were people didn't like it when I said it, but it's how it's how I feel and it's what I believe God is saying. We will not shut the doors of church again. Now, I'm not wanting a response. We won't shut the doors of the church again because I believe what happens when we come together is in many ways part of the solution for why we're not coming together in the first place. In other words, if the sickness is what's driving the government to say close it down, then where's the ecclesia? Do you understand that you're not just a member of a church, you are part of the ecclesia, the called out ones. When we come together, we call forth the kingdom of God. The spirit of the Lord, this is, this is far too, this is far too maniacal and diabolical to be the result of a politician or politicians. This is some demonic stuff we're fighting. And instead of fighting back against the demonic stuff that's trying to fight, I see us, if we're not careful, coming off that battlefield where we've been promised victory and getting on a battlefield of division and hate and malice, and we're losing our authority. I told someone this past week, one in five churches This is what George Barna's group has discovered in COVID. One in five churches have shut down. Listen to this. One in three believers have stopped going to church. Do you hear that? One third of believers have decided they're not going to go to church right now. Well, what's the big deal? The big deal is as called out ones who come together and declare and 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 come into harmony with the word of God and establish. We establish, we hear the word of the Lord and we declare to our generation the word of God. And when we're not doing that, when we're not getting marching orders from heaven, when we're not following 
peace with all men and walking in unity and coming together and receiving strength from God and strength from each other when we don't have any unity, when we don't have any agreement. The enemy rules. The enemy reigns, which is why I said, we're going to have church. And if it's just four people, we're going to have church. Why? Why would you do that? What if they put you in prison? We'll start a prison ministry. I mean that. This is not defiance. This is me understanding and walking this out. Last year was a, a I kept telling everybody in the network, this is a this is a year of new. We've never been this way before. We're having to feel this out. I had pastors up north, out west, down south, midwest. Everybody was living with a different set of realities depending on what state you live in. Don't have church. Do have church. Have this many. Can't have that many. Have to do this. Have to do that. They said, what do we do? I said, right now, you got to do what you do in the place that you're in. But coming out of that and looking forward, the kingdom of God is the only hope for a, a country that is as messed up as the one that we're in. And if kingdom citizens aren't meeting together and declaring the greatness of our God and hearing the word of the Lord, we're allowing witches and warlocks and principalities and powers to set the tone. And I came to tell you the devil is a liar. So be strong. Receive the strength of God. Don't try to fight these battles and fight in this day in your own strength. You won't make it. The good news is you don't have to. You don't have to lose battles. You just have to depend on God. Secondly, put on the whole armor of God. We're going to talk about the whole armor of God over the next couple of weeks, but Paul says it twice here in the first three verses. He says it two different ways. He says, put on the whole armor of God and take up the armor of God. Verse 13 and verse 11, look at it. He says, take up the whole armor of God Put it on. It's there. Why don't you want it? Go get it. Oh, I'm going to tick you off, but I love you enough to tell you, if you have time to post it, you have time to pray. Let's just decide we're going to do something different and get a better outcome. Pastor, it just seems to me Seth, I'm transitioning. It just seems to me, Pastor, that, you know, this thing is just coming to an end and there's really no way to change it. I'm going to tell you right now, it's coming to an end and Jesus is coming soon. I know there are people who will turn. I know there are people who will get hard. I know there are people who will lose their love and their heart will get colder the closer we get to the coming of Christ. The Bible teaches us that many will be offended. I'm not denying that is in the Bible. It said many. It didn't say everyone. And what I'm trying to tell you is I've made up my mind, many may, but we won't. You decide. I'll decide. If I'm going to be one of the many that lose inheritance and lose victory and lose my peace, or if I'm going to be one of those that say to the very end, He who has begun a good work in me is going to be faithful to finish what he started.
I just want to announce to you, this thing is not going to end with the church in a cave and the Antichrist on the throne. It's not going to end with a bunch of loss of victory. It's going to end for those who keep their faith in God. You're going to overcome the world. That's what John said. This is how we overcome the world, even our faith, our faith in Jesus Christ. If you've been fighting and you've been battling and you've got some stuff coming against you, stop feeling like you're the only one. You're not. I want to make an announcement that may disturb you, but it's true nonetheless. Your pastor has to fight the fight of faith. I don't wake up every morning and angels don't carry me to my breakfast nook and prepare my coffee, open my Bible and prepare my devotion. I don't wake up in morning praying in tongues. I don't wake up in morning seeing angels in my living room. I wake up in the morning with Devin and the baby. She's usually screaming. The baby's usually screaming. I'm saying, God, I thought I was anointed. Why won't my baby sleep? I pray, declare, God gives his beloved sleep. She screams while I'm praying. We're not exempt from the trials and the vicissitudes and the issues and the problems. We don't somehow get exempt cards from all of the, the warfare. And, and my kids have been sick. My family's gone through stuff. I've lost people that are close to me. I want you to know it's not tulips and roses when you... Say yes to Jesus. Here's what I want you to know. It's going to be worth it all. And don't you let some, don't you let some imp from the realm of darkness put its hand on your throat, choke the life of God out of you, and throw you around all your life, making you feel like you'll never have victory. I tell you, greater is he that is in you than the one that is living in this world. Remind the enemy that no weapon formed against us will be able to prosper. We're people of victory. Stand with me, I'm through today. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Stay in the dominion of God. Don't get outside of a battlefield where Christ has not given you authority or dominion. Stop fighting flesh and blood. Stay in the spirit. Stay focused. We have an assignment. Come on, tell your neighbor, we have an assignment. He said, therefore, take up the home armor of God. Alalambano, take it. It's like sitting on a shelf there for you. Make up your mind. You're not going to step on the battlefield of life, vulnerable and exposed to the enemy. He never intended for you to be run over by the adversary. But if you're going to have victory, you got to take it. And wrestle. <laughs> wrestle. Like, remember Hulkamania? I just want to tear my jacket right now. Rip my yellow shirt off, right? Hulkamania, remember Andre the Giant, Hulkamania, WrestleMania 3. The Giant slams Hogan. Hogan's down. Looks like he's, he's out. One, two, last second.
like 20 of y'all remember. You, you're, come on, you feel me. Listen, this morning is. No, not for me. Come on, for him. Something's rising. I feel a shift coming. I don't know if the world will feel it, but the people who are citizens of the kingdom ought to live in a reality of the victory that Christ died to give us. And I think some of us are snapping up off the mat today. It was like one, two, and you throw your arm up and say, not today, devil. Someone, we gotta go, but somebody just put that in the atmosphere. Not today, devil. Not today. You won't take my family today. You won't take my marriage today. You won't take my children today. You won't take my school year today. Not. You won't take my joy. You won't take my peace. Not. Not today. Come on, tell somebody, not today. Not today. You might have took it yesterday, but I got to church this morning. If the devil was going to kill me, he should have did it yesterday. Because today, I feel like I can run over a troop and leap over a wall. I better quit it because it's 1201 and the Baptist people are already at the restaurant. But I feel some victory in this room right now. Somebody give God a shout. Give him a shout. Glory. And that victory we have, that victory that's ours. Hallelujah. I heard an old, old story. I'm going to ruin this good sermon with a bad hymn at the end, but... I feel like singing it. How a Savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning of his precious blood atoning repented of my sin and won the victory. Come on in here before we go home. Somebody throw your hands up and say, oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior. Come on, worship him for a minute. Forever he saw me. With his redeeming blood, I feel it. He loved me, and there I knew him, and all my love is to him. Come on, here, family. Somebody say he plunged me. Thank you, Lord. We got to go home. 
But I heard about a mansion he had built for me in glory. You see, I heard about the streets of gold beyond, beyond the crystal sea. I need somebody to shout right here. I heard about the angels singing and the old redemption story. Here's the good news. And some sweet day, we're going to sing up there a song of victory. How many got it right now? Sing it with me. All victory in Jesus. Come on. My, my Savior forever and ever. Oh, he saw me. Open up your mouth and tell him with his redeeming blood. He loved me and I knew him, yes I did, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory listen I want to pray for you today I believe this message is bringing uh, a strengthening to your faith in fact some of you have needs today in your life and I want to pray for God to meet those needs if you need healing I want you to know that Christ Jesus is a healer if you need provision I want you to know that your God is a provider. Whatever you have need of today, nothing is too big and nothing is too small for God to meet it. Father, we thank you today for every man and woman that are watching this broadcast. I pray today for those who have needs in their life. They need you to heal them, Lord. They need provision. They need strength. Many of them need to be freed from depression and heaviness. And I just ask in Christ's name today that the power of your precious Holy Spirit would come up on them wherever they are. Break every yoke, meet every need. Jesus, you're a miracle worker. And by faith, we thank you that the power of God is working in their life right now, turning everything around in Jesus' name, amen. Friend, we love you. We can't wait to see you next week on this broadcast. Until then, we're praying for you. You're in our hearts and we'll see you soon. God bless.